Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, if you would like to watch a video of wives getting caught cheating on camera, go to the YouTube link in description. Viewer discretion advised. My wife cheated on me during quarantine. I feel that I have to give a bit of context leading up to the cheating. If not for you, for me as writing is very therapeutic for me and I need more trauma therapy than I've ever needed in my life. Please bear with me. I know this is long. My goal here is not to drag my wife's name in the mud and point all of the fingers at her. I'm going to try to keep this as balanced as I can by owning my mistakes while just giving the facts of her actions instead of who I feel she is as a person. I hate this because as I write this out I feel like I deserve all of the blame and in some cases I do but there are two sides to every story. I have a 14 year old daughter from a previous marriage that ended in disaster. Long story short, my ex-wife was not a good person and I needed to protect my daughter's safety. I got 100% custody and the mom skipped out by moving from Texas to a European country. Despite the trauma to myself and my daughter who was 4 years old at the time, I fought to keep some sort of connection between the two. I set up virtual dates either by phone or video when that became more accessible. She hasn't always been present for our daughter, but it wasn't like her two other sons from two previous relationships where there has been zero contact for 12 and 16 years respectively. Needless to say, I was happy to be moving on with my life. It took me about three years, but I found what I felt was a tremendous woman who could potentially fill in as a mother to my daughter. This woman soon became my wife two years later. I tend to find really good things in people despite their flaws. I have so many flaws, who am I to judge? I want someone who can see the good things about me and not sweat the small stuff. I saw who my wife was to her core and fell in love with her. She is the most hardworking person I've ever met. Things didn't start off very well in the stepmother-daughter arena because at this point my daughter's biological mother was pulling away. She stopped paying child support and stopped showing up for some virtual dates. I was quickly placed in the middle between a 7-year-old little girl who didn't understand why her real mom wasn't around and a woman I was falling in love with. The next three years was incredibly intense and I did not handle the stress of that very well as my soon wife told me all of the things I did wrong on raising my daughter all by myself I did the best I could y'all. Over the next couple of years in this new relationship, my father lost his wife to lung cancer my stepmother who was like a mother to me and my father who got diagnosed with emphysema. He lost his house and I had him move in with me. So, at this point, it's me, my new wife, our newborn baby son that we just had, and my daughter from a previous marriage. I handle my stress in two ways. I either overeat because I grew up incredibly poor and never had any food or I get very loud and angry and yell this is my biggest struggle and I work on it every single day. There have been days where I was angry all of the time because not only was I placed in the middle between my new wife and daughter, but my wife and father who isn't very easy to live with. The larger I grew in weight gain the more I grew angry from the overwhelming stress. It got to a point where I yelled at my preteen daughter a lot. I got in her face, 
I said hurtful things, and I scared her unintentionally because I couldn't take the middleman stress my wife placed me in and the attitude I was receiving from my child. I even temporarily kicked my father out of the house for a year who wound up being homeless and living out of his car. I was afraid every single day that he'd find him dead in his car because he had no place to go and slept in the parking lot to our apartment in the winter. More recently things have been rocky with my wife for years and at this point, we now have a two-year-old son and found out she was pregnant with our youngest son. We started seeing a marriage counselor and have been going to therapy solo as well. Just before Christmas 2019, we were under a great deal of stress. Things were still bad between her and I. We barely had as time for the last three years maybe 30 times in that time period. Despite the stress, I felt the therapy was helping and my anger was well managed but wasn't completely disappeared. Around this time our youngest son contracted the flu and couldn't stop throwing up. We had to hospitalize him and he wasn't discharged until nearly midnight on Christmas Eve day. To top it off, my wife got the flu and so did I while sleeping on a tiny uncomfortable hospital couch. My mother-in-law was also in town who I absolutely love and she got sick. Tensions were high and despite everything going on my wife found ways to push every button that I had when we got home. She kept telling me that she couldn't rely on me to take care of our son despite me telling her to go home and rest since she was sick as I continued to sleep in the hospital next to our little boy who had just turned two. I confronted her about her accusations and she showed no remorse for it and continued to push those buttons. I had a car seat next to my feet where I was standing and I picked it up and threw it on the opposite side of the house in frustration away from my wife. I had no idea, but my mother-in-law was laying on the couch by where it landed and despite how I felt about her I felt horrible for what I did. I then had to put up with my mill telling me that I needed to be on medication I was on medication and act as if I was the only one at fault here I wasn't. Privately I got my wife to admit her actions that led to the argument. But when it came to her mother she refused to stand up for me as the mill berated me. And with my mill it was a case of the pot calling the kettle black to the extreme. The whole situation was really bad, but this incident was a turning point for my anger. For the last 7 months, my anger has been mostly controlled. I was truly becoming a strong father figure and a loving husband. I was able to fully open up to my therapist about my past that I had repressed and discovered that I had an entire childhood of s-timeul and physical abuse. I've been sodomized by a family member, I was arped by kids down the street from my grandparents' house and I was molested by a guy at a motel where we lived. I also recalled that I was physically abused by a babysitter for a while and I was even abused by my mother. This is why I've been so angry and I was making a huge breakthrough in my life. I was so proud to share my progress and self-discoveries with my wife. My wife and I have been working from home during the quarantine and as you can imagine the tensions have been high. For the last couple of months or so she's been spending a lot of time away from the house. Anywhere from up to 4-5 days in a week. She's either going to work out with our daycare provider who she is friends with or going out with co-workers. I felt that the space between us was a good thing since we've been cooped up for so long. I felt my marriage was getting back on track. We even started to have a little more s time after some heart-to-heart -heart talks about how my weight and her weight had impacted the pleasure for her. It really all made sense because her whole life she's never been a very s time old person due to her own s time old traumas. 
I was feeling so good that I was even writing a self-help article to share my discoveries with others so I could help anyone who needed it. Over the last couple of weeks, I started to grow suspicious of my wife's outings. A lot of things didn't add up. She started tucking her phone away when I walked by her which she never did and the conversations between us just felt different. A week before our anniversary she had plans to go eat dinner with a coworker we both knew. She kissed me goodnight and told me that she loved me. It wasn't a quick peck of someone you're obligated to kiss. There was love in there or so I thought. Her dinner ran late and it turned into a text message of her telling me she was going to play pool and that she loved me while sharing some kissy emoji which was completely out of character for her using those emojis. I knew something was wrong. It now turned to 12.30 am when she should have been home around 9.10 pm and I still hadn't heard from her. I had put both our sons to bed and I sat up waiting for her extremely concerned because she did not return any of my text. I was able to log into her Google account and ping her device to see if she was in a location that would raise concerns like being in an accident or broken down. She was in a town 40 miles away from our house far from where she said she was supposed to be. I got in my car and drove over there to see if I could find her car. I arrived at 1am and was able to locate her car parked in front of a house I did not recognize. It was around this time that my daughter texted me asking where I was. I don't know what it was about the conversation with her, but I felt she knew more than what she was saying. I kept telling her I was looking for her mother because I was worried and it wasn't like her to be gone so long. My daughter kept trying to convince me that she was alright and she's probably just hanging out at her friend's house. The more we talked the more I grew suspicious that my daughter was holding back. Because of this, I pretended to be more panicked than I really was at that moment. I told her I was going to call the cops because I was afraid that maybe she was kidnapped or got into an accident or something even though I was standing behind her vehicle. I paced behind my wife's car for roughly an hour and it was now 2 am. She still hadn't come out. Her car used to have an issue where if you open the car door the car alarm would go off. I opened the door and I remembered that we had gotten that fixed. No alarm went off. My hope was she would come out and I wouldn't have to knock on a stranger's door to see if my wife was there. I desperately didn't want to go to anyone's house. The light in the car came on and I could see her youth baseball bat she had for protection was sitting upright. At this point, I was still unsure if she was cheating on me. I was pretty sure she was, but there was a part of me that was holding out hope. I grabbed the bat and paced back and forth for another hour while my daughter was unusually concerned about why I was out looking for her. It felt like she was protecting her and kept telling me that I was overreacting. The more she told me I was overreacting the more I acted panicked. She eventually told me her mother was out with a guy and gave me his address. The address that I was at. Guys, my wife told our daughter in advance she was spending time with a guy she met on a dating app and they both kept it from me. My heart instantly sank and I walked up to the door. My daughter tried to convince me that they were just friends. I told her that she doesn't get dressed up the way she did to go drinking with a guy that she just wants to be friends with. While I was pacing I could see a half-naked man walking back and forth. I decided to bring the bat with me for my protection. I had no idea what I was about to walk into and I was concerned for my safety. That's when this young man, probably late 20s answered the door. I told him my wife was in the house and I needed to get her. He intentionally played stupid and acted confused. 
He immediately saw the bat and was concerned for his safety I know the optics are bad. I explained to him that I was concerned and unsure of what was going on and that it wasn't for me to be aggressive with. It was for protection. He believed me. It was at this point he said that maybe she's in his roommate's room. He told me that I didn't need the bat because he was very scrawny but I refused to let go of it. He let me in the house and pointed to his roommate's bedroom. I tried to open the door, but it was locked. My heart sank even more. I was lost, confused, and scared. I turned around and looked at the roommate and he knew what was going through my head which is funny because I had no idea what was going on through my head. He said, don't do it, man and it triggered something in me. I had so much instant adrenaline as I kicked the door open and saw my wife lying naked in bed with a naked man. For a split second, it didn't feel like reality. My anger came back, but not like it had in the past. It was an I'm afraid, yelling. I was yelling asking why the hell she was there. At this point, she had the audacity to yell at me and ask why I was there. The guy was a complete douchebag. He got up holding his DCK and was giving a lot of smirks and making snide comments. It took everything inside of me not to react violently. I'm not a physically violent person so it wasn't in me to do so, but I gripped that bat tightly as he walked out of the room. My wife continued to yell at me and even demanded that I leave the house so she could get dressed. I couldn't fathom how this conversation was playing out, but I reluctantly walked outside so I could get my wife out of the house. She's stubborn and I knew she wouldn't leave if I didn't step outside. I stood outside that front door waiting and I saw the guy walk into his garage because Teresa house window from the patio to the garage. Then I watched my wife walk in there fully clothed. She hugged him and apologized to him for my actions. She had no idea I could see. My blood started to boil as I yelled at her for what she was doing. We didn't have much of a conversation outside and I struggled to keep from vomiting all over the street outside of his house. I felt deathly ill and my wife didn't even care about my feelings. This is the mother of my three children. This is the woman that I promised to spend the rest of my life with. This is the woman that I am deeply in love with and she was treating me with a coldness that I've never experienced from her before. I didn't see the woman who kissed me goodbye and told me she loved me. I saw hate. I saw the disgust. I'm really good at reading people and I'm especially good at reading my wife and daughter, but I did not see any of this. We drove home in separate cars and my daughter stopped responding to me. She ran away. Because of my past anger issues, she has developed a serious fear of me. It's 3am and she's at a local park hiding until my wife got home. It was the longest 40 minute drive of my life. I'm devastated, crying, confused, and angry. I get home and am desperately trying to find my child because I'm worried about her safety. This is when my wife gets home and my daughter comes out of the shadows. I tried to talk to my wife in a respectful and calm manner, but she wasn't having it. She was tired as this was a work night and she had to be online for work in two hours. It was at this point that my daughter told me that she wanted to move in with my wife and that she wanted nothing to do with me anymore. She told me she'd only visit me out of obligation. This was the second dagger in my heart. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat anything for seven days and lost 17 pounds. The very smell of food made me nauseous, 
I got my wife to talk a little bit and she told me her plan was to legally adopt my daughter with the intention of being a family and then divorce me and take her from me. I later found out that my daughter was texting my wife and telling her she was trying to record my phone conversation with her to use against me in a court of law. The conversation was a phone conversation I had with her while I was finding my wife in bed with another man and I had to wait outside his house while she got dressed. I was being conspired against. I felt betrayed. The last week and a half had been incredibly challenging. I drove to my hometown to be with my three kids and family through this tough time and I learned a lot from my daughter. I learned that my wife had been bad mouthing me to her for a while now. They have been making fun of my body issues and sharing text conversations she was having with the guy she was sleeping with. They both kept referring to me as insane and crazy like I was at fault here. I can't imagine how someone can drag a child into a very adult situation. As intelligent and mature as my daughter is, she's still a little girl. She doesn't understand any of this and she's only getting one side of everything. My wife and daughter have really bonded because my wife has been spending our money on things like Starbucks so they could spend time together. It wasn't about the money, but it was about the quality time spent together. Whenever I wanted to spend money I was always told we were broke my wife obviously controlled the finances. I've felt broke for 7 years now, but somehow she was always able to buy things on Amazon. My daughter absolutely has the right to be upset with me for the things I've put her through. But I feel it has been escalated by a shared experience with my wife while she badmouthed me. If my daughter was at a 4 out of 10 on an unhappy scale with me, the conversations with my wife bumped her up to a 10. My daughter even told me she encouraged my wife to seek male companionship. My anger has been bad throughout her life and I'll pay for that for the rest of my life, but it hasn't been anything that has warranted the treatment I've been receiving. If you ask anyone who knows me they will tell you how much I love my children and how I would do anything for them. Now my wife and daughter are wanting to put her in our divorce decree. Her non-biological daughter in our divorce decree. They want to make it legal. I'm so lost, confused, angry, lonely, hurt, and flabbergasted. I don't know how this story will be received here. I'm sure there will be some who rail on me about my anger and my actions and those who are just as shocked as I am. I had hoped I would feel better after I typed this out, but I don't. I'm an absolute mess and the person I need the most to help me get through this hates me and I have no friends in this state that I can turn to. This hurts. Edit, we're amicably getting a divorce. I've had to swallow my pride and shove down my pain for the betterment of my children. If I make her hurt like him hurting it only hurts my children and that's not acceptable. Update, I had a really tough day Monday. I had a really tough day on Monday. For my own therapy I'm going to be completely vulnerable as I open up myself to the world. For the most part, and in any other context, none of these things should have and would have bothered me but given recent events I just couldn't breathe. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't remove images from my head. I was emotional and I was scared. It was really important for me to distance myself and my finances from my STBXW. She always gave me the sense that I couldn't handle finances on my own because she directly told me so and told me that I should leave my paychecks in her account until we officially separated. I couldn't do it. I needed to separate everything ASAP. I can handle my finances as I'm an adult and a high-functioning business professional. Unfortunately, I am human and I do make mistakes and given what's going on I was more likely to make mistakes. 
I provided the wrong account number for my direct deposits. They require what is called a MICR number which is essentially a digital barcode. I provided my actual account number which rejected all of my money. I'm now waiting on paper checks and my house payment is late. It's early Monday, I had a doctor's appointment for an unrelated reason to depression, but I felt I should write depression down as a secondary reason for being at my appointment. My doctor is amazing. She listened to me. She was compassionate and empathetic. She helped me, but she was concerned that I had these images flashing in my mind of self-harm. I don't know where these images came from or why they were all of a sudden appearing now. I don't think there was any will or desire behind these images, just suggestions placed in my mind's eye every time I closed my eyes or blinked. I would never hurt myself. Life is never so bad for me to take my own life or hurt myself or those that I care for around me. I firmly believe that, but the images scared me. They began as images of me driving my car off a local dam because I had been driving. I decided to visit an old little league baseball field I grew up on. I parked in the parking lot trying to figure out why I never got paid. Every direct deposit I had coming in was rejected. There were three of them. I drove to my bank at 9 a.m., but due to COVID they didn't open until 10 a.m. I had music playing and every time I closed my eyes the images became more real. They shifted from driving my car off the dam road to grabbing razor blades from my drawer at home. The phrase up the tracks, not across the tracks was playing in my head in the style of a 1950s showroom melody. I had already figured out what was wrong with my account so I had no reason to go in the bank, but I couldn't go home. I couldn't drive. Both images scared me enough that I worried about both so I called my therapist's office to ask for someone I could speak with. God bless the young girl who answered the phone because she was not prepared to deal with what she was about to get into. I explained my desperation of needing to talk to someone. She opened my chart and informed me that my therapist is on vacation for the next week. I again emphasized the importance of talking to someone. She suggested that she could cancel all of my appointments with my therapist and assign me a new one. No, that's not gonna work. I just need to talk, she wasn't sure what to do. She fumbled around for a minute trying to figure something out. There was a moment of awkward silence and click she hung up on me. In the moment it felt like she had given up on me when in actuality she probably just screwed up. I called back and got a different girl. She, too, had no solution for me. I did ask to speak to a manager, but I'm fairly certain they're all working from home now and getting a manager on the phone right away wasn't feasible. She promised to have a manager call me. I told her about my images and she was sincerely concerned. But she couldn't help me. I sat in the parking lot a little while longer scared on what to do next. I received a call from my therapist's office after a few minutes and the girl Morgan knew just what to do. She talked to me. She won a therapist, but she cared. She took action. She asked if I was home and I said no, but she had already called the police to do a wellness check on me. I told her I was heading home that I needed to get home by 11 to return my rental with my wife. Sidebar I am driving a rental car. After finding out my wife's cheating I was asked by family to come home to Vegas so they could care for me. They suggested I bring my daughter. My wife suggested that I bring my two boys as well. A day before I was leaving my car broke down I had two bad engine mounts, bad water pump, broken fuse box and had spark plugs. I still really needed to go to Vegas so I called my insurance, 
USAA since I'm a veteran. The guy who was also a Marine was very helpful and told me that my insurance would cover the rental for mechanical reasons. After I got to Vegas I was told that they wouldn't cover the rental, but I had already paid $622-$200 deposit. And sidebar, the girl was so sweet and listened to me that I started to cry while driving. In certain cases where I was explaining my story I would start to sob. She stayed on the phone the whole time. I told her I was home. I told her I walked into the house. I was on speakerphone and my wife could hear parts of the conversation. I hung up after thanking her and placed my head in my hand and gently sobbed. My wife isn't a monster. What she did to me was horrific and she knows it, but she's not a monster. She had empathy, compassion, and love for me. She just doesn't know how to show it. She always feels robotic, but that's due to her own childhood and life struggles. She could tell I was not okay and walked over to me. She asked if I wanted to hold her. I nodded my head yes in my hands and refused to make eye contact. I didn't want her to actually see the tears. I buried my head into her chest, gripped tight around her back and bawled. She rubbed my back and told me to breathe. I cried harder. I appreciate her willingness to console me, but it felt robotic. It didn't fill the void in my chest where my heart used to be. It wasn't helping. Then there was a loud knock on the door. She asked what that was and I said it was the police. She was confused. She asked why they were there and I said they were there for me. She was worried. She went to answer the door and they explained in a little more detail why they were there. The two officers came into my bedroom. They were incredible. The female officer that was doing most of the talking instantly related to my daughter and my story. Her father committed suicide in prison. She talked about the void she has in her heart because of it. The male officer saw my USMC leg tattoo. He was a Marine. He started talking to me like a Marine. It helped. But they were dispatched to someone else and the man shook my hand and the woman hugged me. They cared and it felt good. But they were gone and my robotic wife sat down at her computer to go back to work as if nothing happened. I couldn't be there anymore. I said that over and over quietly to myself but loud enough for my wife to hear it. I can't be here. I can't be here. I got in my car and my wife didn't chase after me. I was crushed. I got down the street and she called and couldn't answer. She texted, if you don't answer I'm calling the cops to come find you. I didn't respond. She called again two more times and I couldn't answer. She continued to text me without a response. Okay I'm calling them 12.18 p.m. She called me again at 12.29 p.m. They are going to call you 12.32 p.m. The female officer that I spoke to before called me six times between 12.32 and 12.36. I couldn't answer. She even texted me. I was scared of these images in my head and I did want to be somewhere safe. I drove to the police station and parked in the parking lot. I threw on some sad music and opened up Facebook and scrolled through seven years of love and our family growth. I watched as my family turned from just me and my daughter into a family of three, then into a family of four and finally into a family of five. I absolutely love my family but I couldn't answer the phone. Another officer kept calling from a blocked number. I did answer but I wasn't very forthcoming with what was going on. I eventually hung up on him. I needed to get away. My family and I took our first family vacation up the Pacific Northwest last August into Vancouver, Canada. 
I got on the freeway and started to drive that way, but couldn't do it. I turned around and started to head toward another city that was meaningful for my wife and I. I couldn't do it either, while driving I had a flash of a Catholic church in my head. I'm not religious, but I knew there would be someone I could talk to. I needed to talk to someone who wasn't a friend. Who wasn't a relative. I sat in the pew of this beautiful church. I had a moment just for me. It was peaceful and relaxing. It quieted the images in my head while I sat there. I could breathe a little better. Eventually I started to look around and no one was coming to check on me. It wasn't like you see in the movies. The wife texted me again and called. I can't help you if you don't talk to me. I went to the administration office and asked for a priest or a confession booth or something. The nice woman said that there was only one priest today and he was out to an emergency. She said there would be two priests tomorrow and asked if I wanted to make an appointment. I politely said no and walked away. It was almost 2:45 p.m. and I knew my wife had an appointment for the dentist at 3 p.m. I got on the freeway and decided to head to that city I mentioned before. At this point my family had been notified about my absence and started to call me and text, pleading for me to answer. I could. I got into the slow lane because I couldn't continue to drive. Miraculously my wife drove right by me on the freeway on the way to her appointment. I needed to be close to her so I followed her. I parked in the parking lot of the dentist office. I needed to see how worried she was. I needed her to feel the same level of anxiety that I felt the night I couldn't find her while she was cheating, but it didn't feel right. I couldn't sit there and stare at her car from the corner of the parking lot so I drove back to the church. I sat in the same spot again in the pew and the priest showed up. He pulled me into a room to talk and I shared with him my story. At this point my entire family is freaking out, but I had to talk to this priest. I told him everything. He was also very compassionate. He explained that none of this was my fault. That I don't need to think about self-harm. Please answer your phone or come talk to me 4:24 p.m. Why are you ignoring me? 4:36 p.m. In getting to the end of my story with the priest and has giving really good life advice and I look at my phone again that's sitting on my lap. The wife texted me again. We need to take the rental back. This is what you're concerned with now? The priest saw me breaking down and said he couldn't let me leave. He was mandated to call the police. We agreed he could call them. They showed up and I shared my story with the two officers. The one male officer doing all of the talking was also 29 years old like the female officer earlier in the day. But this time he was able to relate to me. He was also a marine and he had gone through almost identically the things I'm going through. I got these cops for a reason. Before they arrived I finally called my wife and let her know that I was okay. I told her I was going away for a while and she needed to come pick up the rental. She grabbed a mutual friend and came up. She told all of my family that I was all right. The moment I saw her in the same car as our friend I broke down. She stepped out of the car and I could not face her physically. I physically could not have my chest face her direction. I couldn't have her see me like this. Both our friend and my wife stood in the parking lot and the cops stopped them from walking up to me as I slid my body behind a pillar and wept. The deputy asked if it would be okay if my friend came over to me and I nodded yes. The closer she came the harder I cried. She grabbed me and I broke down. She held me up, kissed me on the cheek and let me sob. I could feel the warmth, love and concern from her. My friend asked if I wanted my wife to come over. 
I wanted my wife to come over more than anything. I've absolutely kailed myself to be a better person for her and I want her in my life. I wanted to fix all of the things I've done wrong and I can't. It's over. I nodded that I wanted her to come over but I still struggled with facing her. I felt like a toddler who refuses to face their parent when they're in trouble. The closer she got and the more she tried to stand in front of me the more I cried and the more I turned my body away. The deputies asked if we wanted to go into a room together and they would be there with us. They were incredibly protective of me. My friend walked up to my wife and angrily told her not to talk to me and just hold me. We went into a nearby room and I grabbed her and held her and cried some more. I couldn't control this. I've never cried in my life. I'm sensitive and emotionally open, but I'm not a crier and I was embarrassed with it all. We said our goodbyes and I handed her the rental keys. The police put me in the back of their car and drove me to the hospital to speak to a crisis worker. I got some food which was surprisingly good for a hospital. The nurses were incredible. They liked my mask and asked me about it I bought it off Amazon. They listened to parts of my story and we made fun of a drunk guy on a gurney as he belted out two tickets to paradise. I felt better, I had a long conversation with the crisis worker and we agreed to create a safety plan. We identified my triggers and created responses that I could do to combat those tough moments. We agreed that I could leave since I was there voluntarily so I've been staying with my friends since Monday night and away from my wife. I don't know why I was having such a tough day. I think it had a lot to do with everything bad happening financially and watching my wife quickly move on with her life. She's still talking to the dude she cheated with. She likes him because has the opposite of me. She was asking our neighbors on social media for TVs and printers for parts for this new guy to use for projects. It crushed me for some reason. It made the last seven years feel like they never mattered. I was overwhelmed with it all. I really am doing better. I got some medication to help me sleep. It's blocking out the bad images when I close my eyes at night. Because every time I close my eyes I see my wife's naked body lying next to a naked man. I see her kiss me goodbye the night she left to cheat. I hear her tell me she loves me as she left cheat. I see the text telling me she was going to go play pool with a girlfriend that we both knew. I see the disgust, anger and hatred in her body when I caught her cheating. I needed to not feel her anger and hatred. I needed her to feel what I felt. Updated saga my wife got arrested. I'm not even really sure where to start this part of the story. I was really upset with my wife over the weekend last weekend. She had requested PTO off of work on Thursday, Friday and the following Monday to spend with our sons. She spent very little time with them on Thursday and decided to go camping on Friday with some friends for the entire weekend. She had promised to come home Sunday to spend time with them side note, her and I process our thoughts and feelings way differently. She needed the entire weekend alone to process because that's how her brain works. I write, well, she didn't come home Sunday. The situation was very identical to the night she cheated on me. She went off-roading with some friends and drank too much so it was not safe for her to drive home so she stayed wherever she stayed. On Monday she returned around 11 am and we went outside to talk away from our children. She was an absolute mess. Crying and apologizing. She kept telling me how she messed up for not coming home. She was feeling a tremendous amount of remorse for how the relationship ended and the things she said and done both to me and behind my back. That humble pie lasted about an hour. 
To help with my healing process I needed to redecorate the bedroom. She hasn't been here much for three weeks and she won't be staying in this house so I needed to make changes to help heal. I removed all of her photographs from the walls. I moved her work computer desk a few feet away so I could actually have my nightstands back where they belong. I bought an essential oil diffuser don't judge me, jerks. I like that s at lol. I bought this really badass moon lamp and a globe of the constellations. I moved her cat tree to the living room and took all of her belongings and respectfully either placed them in the garage or in the closet and I got the carpets in the house steam cleaned. It was a fresh beginning for me and I was actually feeling really good aside from feeling angry about some stuff I found out she was saying behind my back and her not coming home as promised. It's been a consistent distancing show for her with our children for the last four months. She was upset that I asked her if she would go to stay with a mutual friend when she had to work from home. She said she needed her computer desk because of how complex her job is and working out of a laptop does not work. She was upset I moved her desk and thought I had ripped out all connections I didn't I just slide the desk over. She was upset with the conversation I had with my daughter after I found out about all the horrible things she said behind my back I felt like s at bringing my daughter into it. No need to chastise me for it. I was angry and felt I needed to defend myself. I did my best to accommodate her because as she noted, she does still live here and I'm not wanting to rock the boat and make anything amicable actually harder on me. I just want her gone and she was approved to move into an apartment in one week next Wednesday. She decided she wanted to treat me perfectly normal as if we were still happy and married. This made me feel extremely uncomfortable, especially since we hadn't talked about this, so I had a hard time reacting normally with her. She even asked me, so, do you plan on making anything for dinner? Or do we have to fend for ourselves? I was kind of offended by this comment. She had already fed our children so the only person that needed to eat was her and I. She was asking me to cook her dinner like I normally would. I told her no, that I wouldn't be making dinner because I had plans to leave that night. She asked me when I was leaving. I told her 9.30pm. She told me that it was pretty late to be going out on a work night. I didn't mention this to her, but I felt that was a pretty hypocritical comment given that she didn't come home until I went to go get her at 3am while she cheated on me on a work night. I could tell by her questioning that she was hurt that it appeared I was moving on. I know deep down she feels it would be easier for her if I just felt miserable and stayed alone while she got to do whatever she wanted. I'm not going to live like that. She mentioned that she was planning on sleeping on the couch so that we could keep our distance since we tend to fight a lot now. I told her that was preferable. But she mentioned that since I was going to be out that there was no sense in leaving the bed empty. I said that was fine if she wanted to sleep in it that night. I told her I'd be home after midnight and be exhausted since I only got two hours of sleep the night before and I would be drinking a little. I told her I would roll into bed as well when I got home and pass out immediately. It only takes me 15 seconds to fall asleep anyway this you can be jealous about lol. Now it's Tuesday and she is still treating me like everything is normal and again it's making me feel very uncomfortable. I did pull her aside after our children went to bed. I was stretching on the floor because I was about to go on a long walk and I asked her to sit down next to me so we can talk. I explained to her how uncomfortable this normal stuff was all making me and she explained she's trying really hard to keep it that way in front of the children which I respected. I acknowledged that effort and told her that I would try but I'm struggling with it. 
I really was trying to keep things civil and be polite and respectful despite everything going on. I bought her lunch because she had bought me lunch last week. I paid her back $300 I owed her because my new direct deposits got screwed up big time and my car broke down before we went to Vegas with myself and the kids. I bought her a birthday present since her birthday is coming soon. It is a picture from that says best mom ever and it was going to have the children in it and be a gift from them not for me. I even picked up stuff from the grocery store when she asked because it was for the children. I even picked up her favorite pizza. It's just the normal conversations I'm struggling with. Being around her is hard because despite it all I still absolutely love this woman. I care for her deeply. We've been through so much together and it's just taking me a little longer to reconcile those feelings. But don't get me wrong I am 100% done with this relationship. I'll never forget what she did to me and my daughter. It's just really hard to explain why she does these things to people through text. She's this simple yet complicated thing that does things without even realizing why. I went on my walk and returned and jumped in the shower. She walked by the shower to use the restroom and I had a sense that she was getting ready for bed since she works early in the morning. I popped my head out of the shower and said, hey, I'd really like to talk about this when I get out. I tend to take long showers when I'm stressed and she falls asleep quickly. So I wanted to make sure she knew I needed to talk. It backfired. She got really upset with me for some reason and walked over to the shower. She was confused about what I meant by my comment and became really rude. I tried to explain through the shower that I wanted to discuss the bed situation that we talked about the night before. She said some things and I asked, why are you being such a BTCH? To which she responded, you're being in a shoal. I don't want to talk to you while you're in the shower. I told her fine and to wait until I got out and we could talk. I get out of the shower and she's laying on her side of the bed. She began acting as if there was no problem with us sharing a bed and that if I was feeling so uncomfortable then maybe I should be the one to sleep on the couch. She told me this in a real DCK way a few times. I told her I wasn't suggesting that we couldn't share the bed or that she would have to sleep on the couch. I just wanted to talk, but she was being a complete BTCH to me. There was absolutely no way that I was going to go sleep on the couch. It's going to be my house when she moves next week. It's going to be my bed and she was the one that cheated on me, brought my daughter into her affairs, and manipulated her feelings toward me. I've always had a problem in my life standing up for myself because I tend to try and make everyone happy but that's something I'm working on. I've been standing up for myself lately and telling people no which feels amazing. I was going to stand up for myself here. She rolled over defiantly and would no longer discuss the issue. I placed my knee on my side of the bed and tried to roll her over so we could talk. After the second time, she kicked me in my shin so I smacked her foot away. This quickly escalated into her rolling over and positioning herself sideways on the bed and she starts thumping me in my chest with her feet as hard as she can. I was knocked off the bed a couple of times and slammed into my computer desk. There isn't much space between my side of the bed and the desk, so it wasn't super easy to maneuver away from the bed while she kept thumping me so I decided to overpower her and restrain her ankles. Each time I was able to restrain her she broke free and thumped me again. This is when she threatened me that when she calls the cops they'll see the marks on her ankles and I'll get arrested. That's when I loosened up and she thumped me again in the chest. 
I tried to restrain but through the violent movements my hands landed by her private regions and she said I was molesting her. I let go and started to walk toward the foot of the bed to get away from her, but had to restrain her ankles again before being struck. She was trying to kick me again so I pulled her off to the foot of the bed not completely off the bed. Her leg was a little bent backward so I stopped pulling while she fixed it. I wasn't trying to hurt her at all. She got up in my face and started shouting again and I don't know if I said something or if it was the adrenaline inside of her but she open hand slapped me as hard as she could then followed up with close fist punch. I got back in her face and threatened her to do it again, but she backed down. This is when our son woke up and came into our room. She told me, look what you did. Now your son is seeing all of this. Which pissed me off. I turned around to grab my son and e him to his room and I grabbed my dad who was sleeping and asked him to watch the boys and keep them in the room because the cops were on their way as I heard her dial 911. The cops arrived and one cop asked me my story while two others went in and asked for hers. They assessed both of our stories and looked at the damage to my chest and face and the bruising on her ankles. They determined that my injuries were more severe and she was the aggressor. They asked me what I wanted them to do and I said she needs to be arrested. I'm not lying to y'all when I say that when I heard the handcuffs slap on from the other room that my heart ducking sank. Yes, the cheating was horrible. The manipulation of my daughter was horrible. Physically abusing me this night and all of the other nights she's done it is and was horrible. But this is still my wife. I still love her. That's not just something that goes away because of the drama in our lives that we cause. I worked so ducking hard to fix our marriage which meant I needed to be extremely vulnerable and in the process of being vulnerable and learning more about myself I started to feel more bonded with her. It's hard to explain why that is, but it's what I was feeling. It's like she has been calling out my issues for years and I was finally starting to realize what my issues were and I was getting better so I was appreciative of that. I fought every urge to tell the cops to stop arresting her, but I couldn't. I'm tired of her walking all over me. I'm tired of her physically and emotionally and psychologically abusing me. So she was arrested on felony domestic violence. Because of the severity of the situation the bail was bumped from $5,000 to $50,000. I somehow fell asleep around 12.30 am and I received a collect call at 1.17 am from my wife but it went to voicemail. I also received a call from the bondswoman and a text from her which I didn't see until the next morning. When I heard my wife say her name in the collect call I could hear how ducking sad she was. Some of you reading this may think I'm weak and that's okay. Maybe I am, but I don't think so. I'm well aware of who I am. But hearing her in that situation broke me. I called the jail but for obvious reasons, they wouldn't let me talk to her. Plus she was in isolation for COVID precautions. I spoke to the bondswoman and she told me that I needed to pay $5,000 if I wanted her out otherwise she would have to sit in jail for weeks. I don't have $5,000 nor would I pay that if I did because of the new financial situation I'm finding myself as a single man. I also couldn't let her stay in there for weeks. The negative impacts it would have on her would be disastrous. She would lose her new apartment, she would lose her job and most importantly it would greatly impact the well-being of our two young children and my daughter. I took myself to the hospital and got an EKG, X-ray, and blood urine because I was a little sore and wanted to be sure. I also wanted this medically documented. But during that time I also reached out to her mother and her father to pay her bail. 
The bondswoman would agree to accept $1,000 if a payment plan could be agreed upon for $350 a month. I called her mom twice, but she never answered. I texted her, Hi. Your daughter is in jail. She needs to be bailed out if you want to discuss it further. Let me know. Now it was my full intention to not tell the children about all of this. But let me explain how incredibly stupid my soon-to-be ex-mother-in-law is. She's quite possibly the dumbest person I've ever met. She decided to text my daughter instead of calling me. This is grandma. Can you tell me what's going on? Apparently your dad put Veronica in jail. I was ducking heated. I was so heated, but I needed to stay calm. At this point for health reasons because I didn't want to have my heart explode from the ungodly amount of stress. So I texted her. Thanks a lot for bringing my daughter into the situation. We were gonna try to keep the kids away from this. And I did not put her in jail. S he put herself there. She responded with and no these are not my typos. No worries. Your daughter thinks your wife is in the hospital. If there's a next time. Be more specific on why she's in jail. You can't just tell her mother that she's in jail. I've seen you guys arguments. So I'm sorry if I assumed the worst. Essentially I told her I don't owe her anything and to duck off. And no, my daughter didn't think my wife was in the hospital. She knew I was. I also spoke to my father-in-law who rallied the troops and got the $1,000 for my wife to be bailed out. The unfortunate part is a state law requires an in-state person to co-sign the bail for the additional $4,000. And that had to be me sidebar, it will be in the divorce decree that I will not be responsible for this debt. This is already agreed upon. So, I sat on my friend's couch for the rest of the day and evening with my phone glued to my hand waiting on my wife to call. I can't explain the feelings but all I wanted to do was hold her and hug her. Again, I know it seems weak, but there's so much more to us in the story. But I won't be giving in on anything. We're getting divorced. We're keeping things amicable. I get a lot of the things I want and she gets the things I don't want. The kids will have their mother and she can keep her job so she can move out. The relationship is done obviously. It got to be around 10 PM and I didn't receive a call. So I went to sleep since I haven't been sleeping well lately. I also haven't eaten well and I'm down 21 pounds. At about 11.30 PM the shower woke me up. She was home somehow and she jumped inside. When she got out we talked. She sat on the bed next to me. I held her as she sobbed. The guilt inside her was strong. She kept repeating, I don't know why I just didn't listen to you and I'm so sorry. Holding her was therapeutic for me. It gave me a sense of closure. It helped me heal. I also kissed her. She resisted at first. She said, it's not going to be what you want it to be. I told her I wasn't naive and that I know there's no passion from her anymore toward me. That she wants nothing to do with me but I needed to get that last kiss out of my head that she gave me that was somewhat loving and passionate just before she cheated on me. Oddly, even though she did not actually kiss me and it was me just kissing her mouth at help. I felt at peace and ready to move on. I really don't know where things go from her regarding legal. I am responsible right now for making sure she goes each and every time to court. Thank you all for allowing me to write to you and reading my story. This has been very helpful for my soul. I have a long road ahead of me and I can't wait for this to be over. Update on how things are going. I'm going to do my best to keep this short. There has been a lot of updates since I wrote part 3 but I really want to focus, 
Not on the mistakes I've made the last couple of weeks spoiler, there were many, but the positive things I've been doing and that have happened. Before I get started though I do want to address a couple of things. I've read every single comment here on Reddit and even all of the YouTube comments since my saga is apparently spreading outward a little. The vast majority of the people who have commented have been incredibly empathetic, supportive, and helpful. I am forever grateful for your kindness. There has been a handful who have made fairly negative comments toward me. I don't think they're intentionally trying to crap all over me, but they see flaws in my personality and character that I thought I would address here. I don't necessarily disagree with the comments I've received that I'm a beta male, a doormat, desperate, a pussy, or another descriptive word you want to add. I have been. I've also been something that a lot of men are not comfortable being. Open, honest, and incredibly vulnerable to all of the strangers of the internet. But here's what people do not realize. That's not my character outside of my family. That's not who I am. The reason people are seeing these things they're describing of me is that I have full-heartedly devoted my entire existence to my family. To my wife. To my children. They are literally my lifeblood. They're the reason I get up in the morning. They're the reason I remember to breathe. They're the reason that I'm not a complete piece of asset. When I caught my wife cheating my entire reason for existing came crumbling down around me in real time. It destroyed my identity. The pain from my first marriage started to bubble to the surface. The fears of how my children were going to cope for the next 10-15 years scared me. The fears of how I was going to survive financially and emotionally overwhelmed me. Were my boys going to wind up wanting to leave me as my daughter wanted? I'm one of the most loyal and loving husbands you could ask for despite my issues. My wife knows how much I loved her and how much I would have done anything to make her happy. Despite my past anger issues I am exactly the type of husband any person would want. These last 34 days have been hard and I have not handled it well. I don't think anyone could handle it well and for anyone to sit on the sidelines and pass judgment without the full story is interesting. I'm not hurt or offended by the words people used. I actually appreciate it. But I wanted to provide my take. It's really easy for people to see the red flags after everything has come crumbling down. It's not always easy to see them at the moment. I saw a lot of red flags in my first marriage up front but there's a lot that I didn't recognize until the end. So, with that out of the way, how am I doing? I think considering everything I'm doing alright. My stomach has been completely wrecked. My body will not allow me to eat more than one meal a day. I try to make them small meals throughout the day, but it's not happening. I get sick and start to vomit if I try to eat when my body isn't ready. I also paid for a 6 month membership to CrossFit. I've always loved CrossFit from before I entered this relationship, and I want to get back to my origins. I was to get back down to 220 pounds for my body type this is very thin. As of today, I am officially down 30 pounds exactly in 34 days. 17 of those pounds came in the first 7 days because I physically couldn't eat a single thing. Divorce diets are real, y'all. I'm now 81 pounds away from my goal. I've already achieved one-fourth my goal and it feels pretty good. It's my birthday today and I turned 40. My body is absolutely upset with me for all of this activity lol. I've been seeing the chiropractor and icing the hell out of my body. My wife moved out of the house last week. 
One of the toughest things I've been noticing is that since I was such a loyal and loving husband that I'm finding it very hard to not be supportive of her. I've been playing some mind games with her and I really don't think it's fair, even though she's played some mind games with me. I'm constantly having bad days where I just want to make sure she suffers emotionally like I am. I bought a self-help book called Attachments that I'm really enjoying reading. It's really helping me see what type of person I am and what type of person I can become. Someone from Reddit also recommended I pick up After the Tears which I'm considering. It looks fascinating and almost feels as if it was written precisely for me. I've also been hiking. I bought some hiking boots and y'all, when I tell you that I found a hammock I can take hiking with me and it has a sloth logo on it. I freaking love sloths. I have joined some dating apps and before you say anything. I know. I know. I'm really just looking for a friend. My emotions have been so confusing it's been hard to protect myself and I've been ghosted on all three of my dates. It almost sent me into another spiral on Sunday so I had to do some serious re-evaluating. I am dead set on just friends. Not FWB or anything like that. Just friends. I just want someone to connect with. Someone who actually values me for who I am and the thoughts and feelings that I have. Something I never got from my wife in 7 years. A woman asked me out last night through one of the apps. She seemed sweet, but I was really proud of myself when I told her that I wanted to wait a couple of weeks and get to know her more as friends before we do anything like that which is the exact opposite I did with the other 3 dates. I even created a hard pass list where I will not get involved in a friendship with someone if they hit too many red flags. Even writing this, I know that it's still all a really bad idea, but I feel like this is something I need to do. Maybe in a year or two, I will wish I did it differently, but for now, this is what I feel I need. It's felt really good to have people to talk to. Also, I wanted to address a lot of the comments about my daughter that people have made. This actually has bothered me. While I understand it, I do not like it. I want people to realize that this is still a child who was pulled into a very adult situation and she made some poor decisions. But I'm really happy to report that my relationship with my daughter is getting a lot better. She's showing a lot more affection toward me and understanding. We're growing again as a father and a daughter and I am so incredibly proud of who she is as a person. She's so ducking smart, beautiful, and mature that sometimes you just forget that she's only 14. We've had a lot of heart-to-heart -heart talks and she really sees where I'm coming from. She understands the pain that I'm going through and she's been showing me empathy for the first time in a long time. I've had numerous bad days since all of this happened and my daughter will sit next to me, ask me if I'm alright and ask me if I would like a hug. I can't begin to tell you how much progress this is guys. Please do me a favor and leave all negative comments about my daughter out of the comments section. I do know that I have brought her into a very public discussion, but she doesn't deserve your ire. She was a little girl who has been bullied every single year in elementary school because we had lived in a rich, preppy district and she didn't grow up with these kids. She's been physically attacked numerous times and the one person she was supposed to be able to go to for safety and support was her dad and he couldn't control his own anger issues. She developed a distrust for men and I don't blame her. She also lost her biological mother when she had abandoned her and she really bonded with my STBXW. A little girl needs her mother and I'm glad, out of all of this, I was able to find one that she loves. 
If I did anything right out of all of this, it was that. Also, my STBXW has really taken ownership of all of her BLLS it. She has admitted that everything, and I mean, everything she has done was wrong. I wish I could go into enough detail for you guys to understand where she's coming from. There are some serious issues there that I won't go into that has caused her to act this way and I hope she's able to find happiness one day. And finally, I want to let you all know that my anger issues have greatly improved. They've actually improved over the last 7 months, but since everything has happened I have felt less stressed. I've known for a while this relationship was ending and the stress from knowing has been removed and it just feels better. I'm working on it every single day, but I feel that I'm a much happier, pleasant person to be around. Someone who my boys can look up to and be proud to call dad. Thank you fellow Redditors. I have appreciated the support. I have appreciated the empathy. I have appreciated you reading my story. I didn't think I'd find a community here that I'd respect more after I shared everything, but you all have really surprised me and I'm grateful. This probably won't be the last of me here, but thank you. From the bottom of my heart thank you. Update, part 5 My stress levels are too high. I'm not doing well today. I'll try to keep this short, but I'm not doing well. I can't help but absolutely hate my SDBXW and lash out at absolutely everything she says or does. I can't help but feel my stomach acid boiling when I know she's spending time with the guy she cheated with. She absolutely deserves all 100% of what I give her. But even when I say or do things that are justified I feel sick to my stomach with anxiety for the rest of the day for clarification, I've started drawing boundaries. I'm struggling with how I feel about it but I know it's necessary. Things with my daughter have been getting a lot better. I can even see her start to pull away a tiny bit from my SDBXW. She still loves her and sees her as a mother figure though which is fine. I did figure though that she'd not want to spend as much time with her as she originally planned. She would have to sleep on the couch of a small apartment and she likes her own space typical teenager and her brothers are loud which gives her anxiety. One difficult thing with my daughter recently is that she wants to legally change her name. She said she has never felt a connection with her name and her friends started calling her by a name she prefers much better. The thing is, I chose her name very specifically. I love her name. Both her first and middle names play off each other very well. Also, I just found out that I will most likely be getting laid off of work. This is hitting me the hardest. My STBXW and I work for the same company we never have to interact. I got to keep the house since I make more but going from two incomes down to one then maybe down to zero is stressing me out. I know I shouldn't worry about what ifs because I may get to keep my job and I worried about nothing but it's absolutely impossible not to worry right now. The ex and I have not met with the mediator for our divorce yet next week and if I lose my job then who's to say she doesn't work harder to get more out of the divorce, including time with the kids. Her job is pretty safe but mine may most likely get sacked. Where's the cosmic balance where the cheating spouse is the one whose life gets flipped upside down? Why do I have to continue to be the proverbial punching bag? I'm an applications business analyst for a hospital and I always thought my job was pretty safe until COVID happened. I was going to retire here. Today is also the first day I won't have my boys for a couple of days. They officially start staying over at their mom's house. We're doing a 2-2-3 schedule since they're young. I know I'll get used to having an empty quiet house but right now I don't like it. I don't want it. I want my crazies. 
I want to see my youngest grab his baseball bat as soon as I sit down and ask for me to throw him a ball so he can whack it. I want to see my oldest boy grab all of his blankets from his room and wrap himself up and roll around on the floor yelling, I'm a burrito. And finally, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people are okay being by themselves. I was alone lonely the last three years of my marriage which is a different kind of being alone but I so very much want someone I can connect with. Someone I can be attracted to and who is attracted to me. Why does the time to heal have to start on D-Day? I've had 30 different days where I felt things were over. I've been working on myself very hard. I've been taking care of my health and working out a lot and I feel great and just want someone to connect with in person. One of the hardest things to be when going through a toxic marriage divorce is being a strong empath. This s it sucks. Update, updated story of wife cheating and life after. Hey folks, it's been over a year now since I've posted an update and didn't think that I would post an update because honestly who cares about my life, right? I didn't think my story was any different than any other story people have shared. However, I've noticed that I'm still getting a lot of messages from people giving me their condolences and asking for updates. What I found very interesting through all of these comments I've received on Reddit and Yee, as a purveyor of social media news, is that so many different people can have different reactions and thoughts. Not only about me and my SDBXW, but even my daughter. Some of the comments were even a bit extreme. We all read so many stories every day about so many different events and I've always wondered what the reality in those stories was and how it differed from people's opinions who never lived it. It's been weird to experience people thinking they know my life better than I do. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely and I'll continue to make them but I always do my best to learn from those mistakes just as I try to be as honest to myself and the people listening to my story. I've been accused of exaggerating or lying my whole life and I understand why. I'm too detailed, I'm too descriptive. The way my brain works, when I experience a traumatic event I become a completely different person. The whole universe literally slows down for me and I'm able to see everything and remember most everything down to the minute details. There was a similar situation for me in the Marines when I was attacked by a Marine and his wife and I was telling my story to my staff sergeant, and he called me a liar while everyone else absolutely loved the story. But I digress. I promise to give you my truth to the best of my ability and if you don't buy it or don't like it, that's okay. Just a disclaimer if you're new to my stories, I'm a writer. Not in the sense that I am a published author or anything, but I tell long stories. I'm sorry for that in advance if you decide to stay low. So, where to begin? I guess the best place to start is by saying that I'm doing okay. I'm not great but I'm also not horrible. I've had a lot of ups and downs since the beginning of all of this. I also need to anonymously give shouts out to my friends and family who have supported me over the last year. I tell them every day but I feel it needs to be said here. The overwhelming patience, love, understanding, and sympathy you all have given me has been tremendous and I thank you. And to those Redditors who have voluntarily come along this journey with me and have reached out to tell me how my story has moved them and offered their condolences. I thank you as well. Okay, let's get started. My ex moved out of the house fairly quickly after the scandal. Almost a month after I caught her to be exact and about two weeks after she was arrested. She moved back to the apartments that she moved out of to begin her life with me. I did help her move into her new place. 
mostly because I feared she'd have the guy she cheated with come to my house to help move her belongings and partly because I needed her out as quickly as possible so I could begin my healing process. I won't give many updates on how she's doing personally as there really isn't a whole lot to say. Her life right now is no different than anyone else's life. She works constantly and pays for an overpriced place to live. For me, I kept the house that we were renting. My biggest fear was being able to afford the rent on a single income because she and I made fairly comparable money. But to my surprise, I was shocked that not only was I able to cover all of my bills but I had spending money to do things which was awesome and weird and uncomfortable because we had been so tight with money for so long. I've learned that part of it was because I no longer had her debts, part of it was because I reorganized my debts and the last part was because I've learned that she was bad at managing money. This next part is very important in my story and I hope I help some of those who need it. I had been spending a lot of time with my therapist after the cheating. He was a relatively new therapist for me and the first guy therapist I ever had. As a man, we're taught that society doesn't care about our feelings. I think Chris Rock said it best. Women, children, and dogs are the only things loved unconditionally. Men are only loved on the condition that they provide. As a result, men have three times higher suicide rates. Not many people ask us how we're doing and if we do share how we're actually doing the people don't care. That's why most of us just say, I'm alright. That's why I decided to go with a male therapist. My therapist before him suggested I would do better with a male and that made me feel so uncomfortable. I've always picked women therapists because I felt that I could safely be vulnerable with them but it never really did the trick for me. It almost felt like the female therapists, at least the ones I had, didn't know how to deal with a guy who was being that level of honest with their emotions. I learned that this opportunity with him effed me out of my comfort zone and that's the only time we see real change in ourselves is when we step outside of that bubble. I was so fortunate because he was such a damn good therapist. Shortly after my breakdown story two above he saw me in person, against covid protocols, and embraced me. I've never hugged a man before other than a greeting. I don't even hug my own dad and didn't know how much I needed that level of compassion from someone. But here are some of the ups and downs I was mentioning though he retired shortly after and I have yet to find a good replacement for him. I have a new therapist, a female, that I adore. I think she's great but she's booked out so far in advance that it just makes it hard to build that bond. I've spent a lot of money and time trying to create a peaceful environment around me and focus on my self-care. Unfortunately, I spend an inordinate amount of time in my room. 8 hours for sleep. 8 hours for work, and I'm so exhausted of late to do anything that I'll stay in my room outside of work hours to watch TV or play games on my computer. So I took an idea from TikTok and completely built clouds all over my ceiling which is fairly large. It took me about a month of off and on work to complete. I'm not super handy or a DIY person, so I made some tiny mistakes, but honestly, I do love it. I bought Bluetooth LED lights, an essential oils diffuser with Bluetooth, and a premium sound Amazon Echo and hook them all up. I tell it to rain and the LED lights mimic lightning, the speakers play thunder which hit pretty hard with the premium sound, and I found some oil that smells like rain that the diffuser uses. I also bought a 50 Amazon Fire Stick TV for my meditation. I'm also in the process of building a smart mirror. 
I'm tweaking it a bit and adding a touchscreen sensor to the frame of the mirror and adding Alexa with blue LED lights that trigger on the wake word. My goal was to try new things that I don't normally do and I've been enjoying it. The kids in divorce. Moving on. Things with my kids are pretty good. My young boys are adjusting to the separation fairly well. They're both in daddy's boy phases and want to spend all their time with me. I'm sure in a few months they'll go back to being mama's boys. My daughter is doing okay. There were a lot of negative comments about her and I'd like to ask that they not continue if at all possible. She was really put in an impossible situation and no one here has walked in her shoes, not even me. She and I have both grown tremendously as father and daughter and I'm so proud of her. We're both getting the help we need. She really is a great kid. As for the divorce, we both agreed to be amicable. As hard as it is for me not to try to absolutely bury her that doesn't really serve our situation well. It doesn't serve our children well. The best thing for the kids is to have two successful parents, not two parents who hate each other and fight all the time. She and I don't really get along well, but I think it's safe to say that we're both trying. I'd argue that she still acts like a BCH from time to time for absolutely no good reason which makes things harder. We've had our ups and downs with the amicable divorce though. We decided to split the costs 50-50 but she was getting to a point where she wasn't wanting to pay for a while so that process took a while to get started. Once we started going to our meditator appointments and started paying we moved right along. But then she got upset about some really stupid stuff and placed the entire thing on hold and threatened to take me to court because I didn't want to take her to Disneyland with tickets that I had purchased with an accident settlement I had while we were together. The kids, July heat in California, all the walking, two adults who don't get along. None of that sounded like it was going to be a good situation so I went with the kids and my father. She was so upset that she wouldn't even talk about what her concerns were and just put the divorce on hold for months with no word. Once we finally got to talking again and agreed to move forward, our legal assistant abruptly died from a brain aneurysm. We got a new legal assistant who took over her caseload and the divorce should be final any day now. The final paperwork was sent to the courts and once we receive the paperwork in the mail, signed by the judge, then it's official. Dating. I had, against the advice of just about everyone, joined a dating app. I needed to have someone to talk to, someone to flirt one, and who knows someone that actually enjoys my company. As you can probably guess it hasn't gone well. I've only made it out of first date status once. I was pretty honest with these women that I was still married, going through a divorce, and it was pretty recent and that was clearly red flags for them and I get it. But what they didn't get was that despite those issues, I'm still the same person they enjoyed talking to and agreed to meet up with. I guess they just felt they didn't want any of that potential drama and that's fine. One thing I've been told by a couple of women that really hurt was that they fear they'd have to raise my kids if they were to get involved with me and have to deal with the baby mama drama. I've been a father for 17 years and I've never once needed anyone to raise my children. That's when I met this woman. She had liked my profile first and when I pulled up hers, she was absolutely freaking gorgeous. She was fit, she was a marathon runner, she was sweet, kind, everything. Facebook dating lets you know if you have mutual friends with a person and we had three. It turned out that we actually had the same childhood friends and that made everything between her and me so easy. She asked our friends about me and I did the same and they all raved about us to the other. It was an instant connection. 
She knew all the perfect things to say to me which made sense because she was a social worker. She did so in a way that I pulled all my walls down and for the first time in my life felt so freaking special and cared for. She works at one of the hospitals I worked for, and after a few days of talking, she asked if I'd bring her coffee so we could meet and I agreed. She paid for the coffee, I picked it up and brought it to her. We talked in my car for about 20 minutes and then she asked if I wanted to kiss her. When I say she was gorgeous, I mean she was gorgeous so I said yes. Things were going so well between us that we were planning trips together. She got accepted to run the Chicago Marathon so we booked flights together and really enjoyed one another's company. Then something changed. Her father got sick with cancer again and her whole personality changed. I could feel her pulling away a little bit at a time. One night she and I were supposed to spend time together but she never responded to my text. She said she took a nap on the couch but I could tell there was something off and I asked to speak to her on the phone and she said no. I asked if I could come over to see her and she said no. She essentially broke up with me through text and refused to ever see me again. All of the stuff that I had left at her place is probably still there or in the trash. She wouldn't let me grab anything and we haven't seen each other since. She decided, obviously, not to go to Chicago with me and asked if I'd switch her flight tickets to a different seat for her so she could go with one of her girlfriends. Hold times are like 1-2 hours long for a line so I told her I didn't feel comfortable doing that but she should have the ability to make the changes no problem. Apparently, that pissed her off as she didn't say another word. I got an email later that day that some changes were made to the flight and haven't heard from her since. She had talked a lot about how bipolar her sister was and her dad's anger issues. As I reflect on it all, I almost wonder if she's bipolar and has anger issues. My job. So, I've been going through all of this trauma from my SDBXW, the divorce being halted, the ex-girlfriend dogging me, and then I found out that I was being laid off of work in August. This was the third round of layoffs for my company and I had felt I was pretty safe because our team was the only team that was allowed to hire because we had so much work that needed to be done and for my particular job I was the sole person providing support for 50,000 employees. But even I wasn't safe from the layoffs. They made me train my replacement and gave me a severance. This was a job that I loved in a company that I absolutely loved working for but it was boring. There wasn't much work for me to do despite being the sole support for the whole system. As long as the system was working as it should, no support was ever needed. I was bored but content and loyal. When they say some doors close so others can open, they mean it. I started looking for a new job and I landed one at a phenomenal company that's literally a golden ticket on my resume. I doubled my salary and have been able to truly work on my self-care. I bought a new bicycle for trail rides and just bought a 2021 Subaru WRX SDI. My dream car, volunteer work, and other efforts to do new things, I signed up my oldest son earlier this year to play t-ball and I coached his team. I absolutely love baseball and I was quite the stud as a young man playing so I was excited to coach for my first time. I absolutely loved it and I got such a great reception from the kids and their parents. I signed up again for next year and my youngest son will be playing his first year. When I say he's excited, I mean he's super excited. He even busts open the door when I'm going to the bathroom to ask me if I'll coach him next year lol. One of the moms even asked me out, although, I didn't really feel a connection. Treatments, 
One of the things my therapist suggested before he retired was a program called Spravato Escatamine which is essentially microdosed ketamine. It's typically used for people who have been resistant to antidepressants. My experience has been life-changing and I highly recommend it to anyone who is interested. You do hallucinate with your eyes closed. I learned that if you listen to music by carbon-based lifeforms or similar music and have haptic feedback headphones for vibrations I got the Razer Nari you can really elevate your experience. Despite my struggles, I feel so much better than where I was. I really think it saved my life. I'm calmer, more level-headed, happier, and focused. You can go to Spravato's website to look for local offices that offer this tip. They typically want you to have tried three different kinds of antidepressants before they try you on this. You can lie to them and say three types you've taken. Mindbloom is a website where you can get it sent to your house. I recommend the office route, over the website route, if your insurance will cover it. It'll be cheaper. Other activities. As you can tell, I do enjoy writing. I'm currently working on about 11 books and short stories and one article about mental health. They're all a part of the same universe I created except the article and short story and mostly are graphic novels and children's books. Sci-fi 5 books. Children's books 3 books. Comedy 1 book. Horror 1 book. Short story 1. Article 1. Summary. So, to summarize. I'm still hurting. A lot. But I could be a lot worse. I'm convinced that I'm going to be alone forever. Partly because it's impossibly hard for a single dad with young kids to find a woman who wants to implant herself in a large family and partly because I'm such a broken mess that I can't commit to anyone. And my depression is so bad that my weight is getting really bad as a result. I did make an appointment with a doctor I think will help with the weight issues and exhaustion I've been experiencing. I lost my job but landed an even better one. My divorce should be final any day now. This process is absolutely not something you overcome in a short period of time. I was going through divorce care meetings and one of the things they said felt so profound. When you are single you are whole. Your spirit is whole. Then you meet someone and fall in love. You start a family with them and your two souls merge into one larger soul. But when you go through a divorce, especially a traumatic one, your soul is literally ripped in half and it takes a while for you to become whole to go while alone. That was the best summary I've heard to explain divorce and the pain. Side note, while on a dating app, I found my ex-wife and almost swiped right on accident lol. My best friend is also going through a divorce and I almost swiped right on his wife. Pro tip, swipe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.